This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it, out. I it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. Quick note, we have shows coming up in Boston, London, and Philadelphia, and Queens and Brooklyn, New York. Head to storycollider.org for more info. This week's story is from Bara Cola. The story was recorded in March 2014 at the New American Shakespeare Tavern in Atlanta, Georgia, and was part of the Atlanta Science Festival. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, where Hall of Fame football players are born. At eight years old, I was a legend, known for carrying three boys on my back 10 yards for a score and touchdown. And my pants were falling down in the process. But thanks to my dad, a mechanical engineer, I also liked math and science. He even put a whiteboard in my room in middle school with a daily algebra challenge. Because I was motivated to be the best at academics and football, I chose to go to Vanderbilt University. Vanderbilt competed in the SEC with the kings of college football, and they were known for tough academics. I went to Vanderbilt as a freshman, and I joined the football team as a walk-on offensive lineman, which, despite my status as an all-star in my hometown, meant that they really didn't want me on the team, so they didn't offer me a scholarship. But I was okay with this because I had a partial engineering scholarship and some savings, but I really needed that athletic scholarship to afford my sophomore year. My first semester at Vanderbilt kicked my butt. It was so different from what I was used to. I got a little bit better my second semester, my grades started to improve, and I rebuilt my body into what a college football player was supposed to look like. My chest was finally sticking out further than my stomach. And by the time spring football practice came around, it was ending, I was even optimistic about earning a scholarship. The day after spring football practice ended, I went to play basketball with a couple of teammates. It was also the day before my big meeting with the coach to discuss a scholarship. So I was nervous, but basketball helped me to relax. It was competitive that day, and my new athletic body was flying around making plays. And in one play, I flew up above the rim for a rebound. And when I came down, I landed on someone's foot and hit the ground for probably the third or fourth time that game. But this time I didn't get up. I was on the ground in a different type of pain, and on the way down I heard a pop in my knee. I brushed the pain and the pop off when I finally got up. I convinced myself that it was just a sprain. I had done that before. But I hobbled slowly over to see the team doctors, and when I got there, their tests revealed that I tore my anterior cruciate ligament ACL. 
I really didn't know where that was in my knee. But what I heard clearly was that it was going to require major surgery and a year of rehab before I could return to football. I tried to be optimistic, but my eyes were red holding back tears. And if this wasn't enough, then they say, son, we can't cover your expenses because you're a walk-on. I had just turned 18. I was just getting over a disappointing first semester, and now my chance at a scholarship was gone. I added to my family's financial burden, and I lost control of my life. I didn't have a plan for this. I came back to Vanderbilt my, my sophomore year, despite financial difficulties, and I took a new job as an assistant equipment manager for the football team. Now I had to swallow my pride for this job because it kept me close to my teammates that were doing what I was supposed to be doing. And at the same time, I had to stomach jokes from some of them, inspired by Adam Sandler's movie, The Water Boy, that was out at that time. <laughs> hey, Water Boy, bring me some water, they'd say. But clearly, I was an equipment manager, not a water boy. <laughs> Idiots. I picked up research that semester as well with one of my favorite professors. We developed code for engineering software, and I, I found the work to be surprisingly therapeutic. But I was eager to get back on the field. And that summer, I became a monster in the weight room. I was curling as much as 100 pounds with each arm. And I was in the best shape of my life. My junior year, I came back, I took out loans, and I was finally ready to go. I switched to a new position fullback because I thought it gave me a better chance to play. But my plan was still not working, and I only got to play in practice. The coach just wasn't giving me a shot to do what I knew I could do. In practice on this one play, I went out for a pass, and when I made a turn, the defender came up and hit me, which was usual. But this time I got caught in an awkward position during my turn and my repaired knee gave way, and I was on the ground. I couldn't believe it. And I knew at this point that this time my football career was over. In the spring of my junior year, I found comfort in research again. And that summer, I took a position converting waste heat to electricity with nanostructured diamond. The project and the professor leading it got me excited about the prospects of nanotechnology. This professor could sell it. Plus, he was a former college athlete, so we connected. And by the end of the summer, I could see myself leading a nanotechnology company one day and possibly going on to grad school to learn more about it. But I could barely afford to finish undergrad, so the thought of more school at that point was just too much. So my senior year, I continued research, and I, got a, I can also went back to the football equipment staff, but I got a promotion. I was the head equipment manager. <laughs> but this time, there was no hope of me going back to football, so the job made me feel like a loser. Don't get me wrong. I appreciated the job because I needed it to finish school. And I worked with great people, but the job just reminded me of my failed goals and it was so painful. Near the end of that season, the football coach got fired, which happens in big time sports when you don't perform. 
And I was sitting in the equipment room when my boss came in to tell me the news. The equipment room was a social gathering place, a type of place where news like that traveled first. But I didn't care who the new coach was. My playing days were over, and I was graduating in the spring. But I looked him up anyway. I noticed that his offense featured a fullback, my position, and that the prior coach didn't really use a fullback. And I thought, who would fill this role? Now, my knee was feeling okay. And I was in good shape. But the thought of me going back after what I had been through was crazy. But the thought lingered in my mind. Oh, that was trouble. But what did I have to lose? My dream was calling. Plus, if I broke my knee again, it could be fixed. It's hard for me to explain to you what the face of a new coach looks like when the head equipment manager comes to his office and says, I want to play now. <laughs> Following that with, oh, and I'm recovering from two ACLs, probably didn't help. But I pushed my body to the limits in winter conditioning. I never stopped lifting weights, and I was actually one of the strongest guys on the team at the time. But my coordination and agility was hard to get back. And the coaches didn't give me a pass for that. So some of them tried to run me off. I'd like to say that at some point, I was given a shot at a great comeback story, like Rudy. He didn't come back, but. <laughs> when spring practice started, they, the coaches listed me fifth, last, at fullback. I was even behind two other walk-ons. And one of these guys was thinner than one of my legs. What a nightmare this was for me. The first four days of practice, I was virtually a spectator, and I didn't see the prospects for this changing anytime soon. And it occurred to me that despite my efforts, I might be wasting my time and be better off salvaging my chance to find a job after graduation. But I gave it one last shot, and I talked to the coach after practice. I spoke frankly of my circumstances, and I asked for my chance. And to his credit, he gave it to me, and he said, I'll give you one play. My role as fullback on this play was to lead the ball carrier through the line and make the key block for a successful play. Despite getting no reps in practice, I was ready for this because the play required precise footsteps and footwork, and I had practiced in front of my mirror in my dorm room many times. On the snap of the ball, I ran through the line and I unleashed a collision on this linebacker and the thump of our pads could probably be heard in the upper deck of the stadium. This guy, six foot four, 240 pound, all American linebacker, I drove him into the ground. And I looked up and the ball carrier zoomed by me for a score. Touchdown. The team erupted. But I stayed cool because after what I had been through, it was going to take a little bit more than one play for me to get excited, <laughs> which added to the disbelief on the coach's face. And he, when the team settled, he was like, do it again like a dare. <laughs> but in this moment, with what was put in front of me, I was unstoppable. And in two plays, I went from sixth on the depth chart to competing with a high school All-American for the starting position, which I eventually won. 
Booyah! The joy of cola was alive, and I was going to engineering grad school too because I finally won my football scholarship. I was recently awarded the highest recognition that our government gives to young scientists and engineers for my work in nanotechnology and energy. I got to shake President Obama's hand in the East Room of the White House, and I have a great photo to prove it. <laughs> but I never expected my life to be where it is today. My two injuries forced me out of football, which introduced me to research, which is a major part of my life today. But looking back, I realized that it was overcoming my injuries and going back to football with success that ultimately gave me the confidence and determination to go to grad school and do well there. And after, to become a professor and one hell of an engineer at one of the world's finest research institutions. Georgia Tech. That was Bara Kola. Bara is an assistant professor of mechanical engineering and material science at Georgia Tech and founder and president of Carbside Nanotechnologies, Inc. He researches thermal transport and energy conversion in nanostructure materials and is actively involved in the commercialization of his work, currently to cool electronics better. His work in nanotechnology, energy, and outreach to high school art and science teachers and students has been recognized with awards from President Obama and the American Association for the Advancement of Science. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have archives of the podcast and upcoming events. Also, we depend on listeners like you for our support. If you're able, please consider joining them and donating at storycollider.org slash donate. Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, and Ari Daniel. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the New American Shakespeare Tavern for hosting the show, and to Life for beginning. Thanks for listening.